Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fallis. Dr. Nancy Mendoza, Assistant Prof Professor of Social Work at The Ohio State University, joins me for this episode. Dr. Mendoza is a first-generation Mexican-American and the first in her family to attend college. Her research focuses on building resilience in grand families. She's also interested in culturally grounded research and the development of culturally grounded measures and interventions. Today, we're discussing the importance of los abuelitos y abuelitas as staples of Latina and Latino culture and as integral parts of the nuclear family. Nancy, bienvenida al estudio. Gracias. Thank you for having me today. Can you tell us about yourself? Did you grow up in Colorado? Yes, I was born and raised in Colorado. Um, both of my parents migrated from Mexico as teenagers, and once they had me and my, uh, my siblings, they decided to stay in the United States, um, pretty much because they wanted to be able to make sure we had the opportunity to get ahead, mm -hmm. to get an education. Um, my dad has worked at the same dairy farm for 40 years. Mm. Um, he you know, deals with all types of weather. He works in the heat and he works in the freezing cold. Oh. Yeah, I have to tell you, I've never seen a man with so much determination and hard work <laughs> in him. The man does not give up. <laughs> My mom, you know, she's she's an angel. She, um, even before she was married, she was working long, hard restaurant hours, um, helping to support her younger brothers and, and her mom. Um, she talks about one of her proudest moments was being able to save enough money to buy her mom a washer, mm. which was... I did that. Oh. That was my first gift to my mom. Really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have something in common. <laughs> yeah. So I, and they needed it. Seven brothers, I'm sure they were doing a lot of washing by hand. So that's her proudest moment. I love hearing her talk about that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, she did end up giving up her job and staying at home to raise her three kids, which, I mean, in all reality, I think that's more hard work than it is having a job outside of the home. She yeah. was always running around. She was always making sure everything, we had everything we needed. Um, you know, she'd pick us up from school every day with a fresh homemade snack in hand for us. Mm. Um, she still does that for my daughter when she picks her up from school. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and um, so I am the eldest of three. I have a younger sister who is in the criminal justice mm -hmm. field and a younger brother who's in the banking field. Mm. And from a very young age, they instilled in us education. You need to get your education because you don't want to wind up like us, working like burros, mm -hmm. breaking our back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is why we stayed here was for you. Now you need to get ahead. Right, right. Um, you're a first-generation uh, college graduate. Tell us about um, that experience of uh, going to college with, I mean, little Um, guidance, I assume? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, again, from a young age, I knew I was going to go to college. Um, you know, we had the college there. I went to Colorado State University in Fort Collins, where I grew up. And I'm not going to lie, it was hard um, be getting in there and not knowing what to do, not knowing how to do things. It's very unlike high school, where you're told, you know, this is what you have to do. This is the path you have to take. Mm -hmm. And I struggled. I changed my major three times. I finally graduated and thought to myself, I'm done. <laughs> I am done with the education system. Um, went out, worked, and then realized I am not happy. Mm -hmm. I need to go back, and I need to fulfill my dream of 
I had always dreamed of just going to the top. I wanted that PhD. Mm. So I went back to school mm-hmm. and I got my master's in gerontology and my PhD in human development family studies. And here I am now looking back, you know, there are things I wish I would have known. Um, I wish I would have had better advisors, mm. uh, more helpful advisors, but also I wish I would have known about opportunities. I wish I would have known that how important it was and it is to get to know your professors, mm-hmm. not just, you know, hi, my name is, you know, Nancy, nice to meet you, but really get to know them, reach right. out to them for help when you're struggling, when you need to understand something. Um, those connections can really build into something more. Also, opportunities for teaching and research mm-hmm. assistantships, I had no idea those existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then publishing. I mean, if I could have published as an undergrad, that would have helped my career development. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't know about those. So, um, but I made it and I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) We're happy you're here at Ohio State. Thank you. (laughs) So you recently moved to Ohio and are in the field of social work. And you just said gerontology, right? Which is not as common, I want to say. Correct. But it is in so much demand, I've heard. (laughs) There's a great need to work with our elderly population. So tell me why you chose this field. Social work and working with maybe older populations? So um, working with older populations, so gerontology, when I went back to school, um, I had to get my GPA up. So Mm -hmm. I went back and took some classes and I thought, oh, I'll take this, you know, um, study of aging. Mm -hmm. Sounds interesting. We'll see. And um, I had met my advisor and mentor, Dr. Christine Fruhoff, and she um, studies Korean families as well. And when she was talking about it, I'm like, I couldn't make a life of this. Like, I could study grand families. <laughs> you know, I grew up with my grandparents, and I love my grandparents. And the idea of being able to help um, grow our knowledge of how to support them was just amazing to me. So that's kind of what led me into that field. Now, social work, you can see I went from a bachelor's in psychology, master's in gerontology, you know, to PhD in HDFS, and now I'm working in social work. But it's very simple. You know, I, I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I love teaching. I love research. But what good does research do if you don't do anything with it? Mm-hmm. And this field allows me to do that. Right. I can teach and I can demonstrate and share my passion for gerontology to my students. And then I can do, re- do research and learn about how do we help grand families? How do we build resilience in these grand families? Real applications. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then, best of all, I get to go out there. I get to go out in my community and work with my community, work with these uh, grand families, and implement better supports and interventions for them to help them. So that's really why. That's great. Um, So you mentioned that you grew up with your your grandparents. Um, So tell me about what you find this interaction between uh, grandparents and grandchildren to be, um, especially in in supporting networks. um, How does it work? And and, and we know that this um, is common in our Latino and Latina families, right? We we grow up with abuelito and abuelita. Sometimes one of them lives lives with us or both of them, um, if not with us nearby. They're 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 an essential part of of growing up in, in the Latino culture. Not always, but it's, it is common. Mm-hmm. So tell me about this. So um, 
what I've focused more on is the grandparent piece of it. And if we look at the literature, we see that there isn't a lot of literature about the grandchildren. There's more, um, and there's more about, you know, moving forward and getting to know more about the grandchildren who are are in these situations. Mm-hmm. But what we do see is when we look at um, grandparents and their social networks, we see there is a, a direct relationship between their support there's in their social networks and how that affects their resilience. Mm. So, you know, um, grandparents who tell us that they have support and they feel supported are more likely to tell us they're happier. Mm-hmm. They're more satisfied with their life. Um, and when we examine their social networks, what we see is that they tend, resilient grandparents tend to have more service providers in their social networks. Mm -hmm. And it's structured in a way that really encourages inflow of new information. So this is insightful because it tells us that by implementing and putting out their resources and interventions and services for grand families, we can help build their resilience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you connect it directly with with the family or not necessarily? It could be other social networks. You mean, do we include the family in the social mm-hmm. network? Yes. We do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, what we find is, you know, how I say that it's structured in a way to kind of help that inflow is that having a big family is good, but it has to do with what they're doing to support you. Mm-hmm. How are they providing support? And is it different types of support? So mm-hmm. is it your sister you call when you are down in the dumps? Mm-hmm. And then is it maybe your aunt you call when you need advice about parenting? Or it's, it's mom you call when you have, have a different question. Mm-hmm. So it's really building mm-hmm. that social network so you have different areas to go to for different things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so well. You would say, right, there is an overall benefit um, to having this arrangement of maybe living or having this tight networks uh, between grandparents and and grandchildren um, and the the family. Um, It might also be challenging, correct? Um, Your research looks at the strengths and the challenges of grand families as they participate and share the work of raising grandchildren. Uh, can you tell us about this work? So yes, with grand families, you know, a situation in which um, grandparents are primarily responsible for grandchildren or, or a grandchild, there are many strengths and challenges. Um, within the Latin community, what we find is that um, there's this idea that um, the strength is really around the value of familismo mm-hmm. and having a family that's united and um, believes that family is first is a support mechanism for grandparents who are raising grandchildren. You know, and this might be true. Um, if we look at the literature, we find that um, Latin grandparents are more likely to be receiving the help of another adult child who's not the parent of the child they're raising in helping them raise a child. So that's a positive. But it's not always that way. If we mm-hmm. look at it, there's this misconception that that, you know, if you have the family and you have this belief of familismo, then you're good. You're taken care of. You've mm-hmm. got your support. But the, that same value can also be challenging because, you know, perhaps, you know, because it's all about family, these grandparents not only are caring for their grandchildren, but they're caring maybe for children, adult, mm-hmm. you know, children they still have mm-hmm. in the home, a spouse, mm-hmm. a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle. So, so they burden. have more yeah. burden. Mm-hmm. So they need more support. Um, on the other hand, too, you know, a lot of times what we find is that within the Latin communities, it there's this belief that your problems, family problems stay within the family. You don't go out. So for them to reach out for help and services might be seen negatively by other family members. So we really have to look at that. The one thing that never ceases to amaze me is that every time I talk to a grandparent and I or I meet with a grand family, 
they are so resilient. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they've been through so much. They deal with so much, yet they're still standing strong. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you found is the relationship between social support and resilience in grandparents raising grandkids? And I don't know, this is uh, a little bit of pop culture. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the show, the Netflix show, One Day at a Time. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> and it, it just made me think, you know, your conversation about um, having abuelita living at home and, and supporting each other. And and it made me think of that show, right? That the, the family is um, it's a single mom raising two kids and, and, and the mom, her mom lives with them. And what that does, right? Um, so I don't know if there if there, there's any connection with with the question that I just asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there is. I mean, we look at that um, is in support, right? They're supporting each other. And in the show, we see that you know um, her mom is helping her. Um, Penelope? Yeah. Penelope, right? (laughs) Is helping Penelope raise her children. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she's helping her mom as well. Right. You know, her mom is um has a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's the grandson we see. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Preference for the grandson. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But we do see that support and we see how that can work. Um but again, it's not always complete. Um, as we see in the show, she deals with some depression, and she needs to go out of that mm-hmm. family unit to get that help. And we also see her struggle with that, right. um, which is very um, common within Latin families, what we find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I was reading your bio. And I came across this term that I didn't, that I don't understand. So I'm glad you're here to explain this to me. <laughs> and what is human service landscape in relation to abuelitos and abuelitas and nietos and nietas? So what it is, it's um, pretty much the resources, um, services, and interventions that are out there to serve specifically grand families. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, what I am doing is, you know, I've worked with grand families for 10 years in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm new here in Ohio. I cannot come to here and apply what I have learned there here. So I'm conducting a needs assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing surveys, focus groups, and interviews with service providers, grandparents, parents, and children to really get an understanding of what it is that they're facing, what services are out there, which ones are they using, which ones are they not using, which ones do they need Mm -hmm. that are not out there, and what are the obstacles they're facing to get these services. Uh, Once this is complete, then we'll have a better idea of how we can better serve our grandfamilies here in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And are you looking at the Latino family in particular, or not necessarily? All families. All families. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you say that um, we would need to look at certain things more closely if we are working directly with the Latino families? Yes. In this terms, yeah. Definitely. Um, one of the things, so I did do my thesis with um, Latina grandmothers who are raising their grandchildren and how their culture influences our experience. And what I found was that um, you know, it's very common for when I talk to a grandmother who's raising her grandchild to say, you know, I'll see an RV pass by the highway and I, I'll think to myself, that's where I should be. I'm supposed <laughs> to be in there. You'll never hear that from one of the Latina grandmothers mm. that I interviewed. They take it as this is part of my role. Mm. It's not an obligation that was put onto them. Mm. It's part of their role to help raise their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very different, which is a beautiful thing. But again, it can be a challenge because they don't see it as an additional burden. They don't, they think that they don't qualify for help. 
mm. that they don't qualify for services and interventions and programs. And that's where we need to make more, put our focus on, is really looking at how do we get them to understand that, yes, this is a normal role for you, but that does not mean that you cannot take advantage of these services and these programs that are out there. So encourage a more balanced um, life. Yes. Uh, interaction with the with the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Um, uh, not really taking care of yourself, right? Because exactly. you think this is your obligation and this is your role. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Um, what are some of the things Latinos should consider in a three generational household if they're if they're deciding this is the arrangement we're going to have either you know, naturally happens or or they're making a conscious decision that, okay, abuelita or abuelito is going to come and live with us. What are some of the considerations? Um, I think I'd focus on one, and that is resources, resources, resources. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, there's a need for resources, but there are also a lot of resources that go unused out there. Mm-hmm. So I would say try. Um, a lot of people think that because they're in those three generational homes, they don't qualify and they're not eligible for these services. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, get out there, talk to your priest, your pastor, your teacher, your neighbor, your doctor, um, and let your needs be known. You know, there was uh, one grandmother who told me, and I've used her quote so many times now, but she says, there's no shame in my game. <laughs> I ask. Mm-hmm. If they say yeah, if they say no, I've lost nothing. Mm-hmm. If they say yes, I've gained a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Nancy, is there anything else you would like to add about your research or current projects, especially now that you're here in Ohio? And I know you just mentioned you're, you're wanting to see, you know, what's available here in Ohio and, and uh, follow that model, the needs that are here, not, and not bring models from Colorado. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Just that I'm excited to be here. Um, I've, I've been here for a few months now, and I'm loving it. Everyone is so wonderful. And I'm really looking forward to working with grand families in the community and also with the Latinx community. Um, I think I'd probably just add that, you know, yes, my research focuses on grand families, but I also am very interested in um, promoting and encourage our Latino youth to get out there and get a higher education. And I'm always looking for ways to be involved in that. So um, keep yeah, me we, in mind. We definitely need more mentors <laughs> <laughs> and more more role models for sure. Uh, Nancy, thank you for this conversation. Well, thank you. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Mm-hmm.